Hi, I'm Nancy Dufresne. Welcome to our podcast channel. We know you'll be blessed by today's message. Well, in these meetings, I've been teaching along the lines of something that God said to me in uh, September of last year, and He said this. He said, it's time for miracles. So He's letting us know what He's emphasizing, that there's a window open, if we could say this, that revelation for it will flow. And so we want to make sure that since it's time for that, he's letting us know it's time for miracles so we'll know how to prepare ourselves. He's not just saying it's time for miracles so that we'll know what he's going to do. Yes, he's saying that's part of it, but he's also telling us that so we will prepare ourselves to cooperate with him. And I've said this in the last several nights, it's not about getting God to send it. And so many times people are praying for God to send something when really it's about us becoming skillful with what's already available. Amen. Amen. Why? He's not withholding miracle power. He's not withholding anything that we need. And he said it's time for miracles. And when he says that, it's always time for miracles. But he's letting us know this is what he's going to be bringing to the forefront in these days. And so he's telling us these things so that we'll prepare for them. I want to read again what Dad Hagen recorded that Jesus said to him about this. And uh, let me find it really quick. Um, He recorded this in I Believe in Visions. If you don't have that book, you need to go get hold of it and uh, read it because he's giving us clarity for the day that we live in. Amen. Jesus said, this is the last great revival. All the gifts of the spirit will be in operation in the church in these last days. And the church will do, not maybe, the church will do greater things than the days of the early church. Now think of that. We read through those things. We go through the scriptures and we search them and we get impressed, which we should. But that's not just to impress us, that's to direct us. Yeah, that's good. Amen. So that we know what direction God is going to move through us. Yes. Amen. Amen. He said, uh, it will have, talking about this last day church, it will have greater power, greater signs and wonders than were recorded in the Acts of the Apostles. He said that we have seen and experienced many healings, but we will now behold amazing miracles that have not been seen before. And Jesus continued and said, more and more miracles will be performed in the last days, which are just ahead for it is time for the gift of the working of miracles. How many of you say, I hook into that? Yeah. So we have to respond to that. I said, we have to respond to that. And it's not enough to respond and say, oh yeah, it's time for it. Responding is becoming skillful. Responding is doing our part. Amen. How many of you know that God doesn't work a miracle for man apart from man? He involves man. When he's going to work a miracle in your life, he's going to involve you. How many of you, as, as you saw, as we were reading about this woman, that the widow woman and she needed a, she needed a supply for her family. How many of you know he didn't supply it apart from her? Yeah. Her miracle didn't come apart from her. It included her. 
it was contingent upon her obedience. Miracles call for obedience on our part. That they won't just show up just by us doing any old thing we want. Why? Because with every miracle, there's a man's side and there's a God's side. So that's why I say, just do what God tells you to do. Because when you do that, on the other end of that is your miracle. Amen. Now, we were reading, and go with me if you would again. We started last night in 1 Corinthians chapter 2. 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 4, Paul was writing and he said, My speech and my preaching, and I said this, he makes a distinction between his speech and his preaching. He lists them separate. My speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom. It wasn't a display of his academic learning. He said, but my speech and my preaching was in demonstration of the spirit and a power. So notice this, for power to flow, it's going to begin with your mouth. He started talking about my speech and my preaching demonstrated the spirit and demonstrated power. Why? In verse five, that your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but that your faith should stand in the power of God. So how many of you know, he's letting us know power has to have something attached to it. Amen. That your faith should stand in the power of God. Can't we say it this way? That your faith should be attached yeah. to the power of God. Yeah. Now that's a huge key yes. for us to become yes. skillful. When he said it's time for miracles, it's time for us to receive miracles, but it's also time for us to minister miracles. That I'm not just talking about the preachers doing it. I'm talking about believers having knowledge and having skill of how to minister miracles just throughout their, their daily lives. When you're going about living that God will, will be able to direct you towards someone who needs a miracle and you know how to, you know what to do when he directs you that yes. way. Amen. Amen. That your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but that your faith should stand or be attached to the power of God. So the power of God doesn't just flow automatically just because it's here. The power of God has to be activated. And it's faith that activates it. I said it's faith that activates it. We have to grow in skill of attaching our faith or releasing our faith in the power of God. And when we do, power will flow as a result of it. Amen. Amen. Now think about it. How many of you know Jesus had developed in his skillfulness with the power of God? Because he said, the works that you see, he said, I don't do it. My father does the works. He said, my father does the works. And then he said... I only do what I see my father do. I only say what I hear my father say. So notice this. All he's doing is just hearing and seeing what his father does and respond to that. And the outflow and the result of that is a miracle. Jesus wasn't the one doing the miracles. He was the one responding to the power. Yes, yes. Now, I like this statement that... One particular minister made about Catherine Coleman and said her fellowship with God made it easy for others to receive their miracle. 
Couldn't we say this? Jesus' fellowship with God made it easy for all the people that came across his ministry to receive their miracle. They received because of Jesus' fellowship with God. Because they didn't know how to approach the Father. They didn't know how to release their faith. They didn't know how to receive. Jesus had his fellowship with the Father in such a place that people who got around him were blessed by his fellowship. Can I say this? Allow your, your fellowship with your Father to change other people's lives. Not just your life. Amen. But Jesus himself still had to become skillful with the power of God. Because why? He was born as a man. He had to start the same way you and I had to start. He wasn't born with the knowledge of the word. He had to find himself in the word. He had to see himself in the word. You know why people have a poor self-image? They haven't found themselves in the word yet. They've only, they only know themselves after the flesh. And then therefore they struggle with a self-image and not feeling worthy and they step back from the greatness of the plan of God for themselves. But Jesus had to find himself in the word and become skillful with that word. Uh, we can see a, pro a progression, particularly if we look at him when it comes to raising the dead. The first instance of somebody coming back to life under Jesus' ministry was Jairus' daughter. And notice what Jairus came and said, my little daughter lieth at the point of death. She's not dead yet. She's on her deathbed. And while they're talking and while they're journeying to his house, of course, the woman with the issue of blood stops and interrupts that, that process, receives her healing. Jesus is not in a rush. He's not... Uh, Pressed, and he stops and says, let's have a testimony meeting. <laughs> Why? Because faith is not, uh, could we say it this way? Faith is not um, unsettled. And he's giving Jairus a lesson here. You're going to sit and you're just, now Jairus is, I mean, how easy it would be for him to say, come on, lady, come on. Tell it, tell it, tell it. But Jesus is giving him the opportunity to get his faith fed on the way because he's going to see the result of power and it's going to encourage his faith. So while this woman with the issue of blood is giving her testimony of healing, people come up with a report and say to Jairus, don't bother the master any longer. Your daughter is dead. The Amplified says Jesus overhearing but ignoring what they said. Yeah. Overhearing but ignoring what they said, said to Jairus, only believe. Now notice this. So when Jairus came, she's at the point of death. Now she's already died. So when Jesus gets to Jairus' house, what's the condition? She's dead, but she's still warm. Right? She hasn't even been cleansed. She hasn't been removed from the house or anything else. She's still warm on the bed. And he speaks, he takes her by the hand, she gets up, she's raised up, he returns her to her parents. The next one of being raised from the dead, how many of you know that took power? Yeah. It doesn't matter that she was still warm, it took power. The next instance we see of someone being raised from, his dead, from the dead 
is when he comes into a town and there is a funeral procession and there's a widow woman and she is burying her only son. I know, and, and Jesus walks up to the casket while he's not buried yet, but he's been dead several days. The viewing has happened. All of the Jewish rites have gone on. You know that they do with the burying of the dead, but he's not buried yet. Jesus walks up to the casket, puts his hand on it, says, young man, I say, arise, get up. And he returned the son to the mother, meaning this, parents aren't meant to bury children. That's out of divine order. Amen. Parents are not meant to bury their children. So now we see that one being raised from the dead and he's been dead a little bit longer. And then we see the next one being raised from the dead and that's Lazarus. When he gets to Lazarus, he's already been dead several days. And they said, he's been, in, he's been buried and he stinketh. <laughs> you so appreciate the family telling him that he stinks by now. What are they saying? The process of death has been worked longer now. But notice this, every time Jesus is confronting death, they've been dead a little bit longer, a little bit longer. What's happening? We're seeing Jesus' skill develop in the face of death. Why is his skill developing in the face of death? Because he himself will have to be raised. And he's going to that grave knowing I've got skill over death. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Jesus had to grow in skill. That's what I'm trying to say. Jesus had to become skillful with power. And can I tell you what faith is? Faith is experience. You're not skillful till you have experience. You're not skillful because you hear a sermon. You listening to me is not giving you one ounce of, of experience. You listening to me is not giving one ounce of skill. All I'm giving you is instruction how you can have experience, how you can have skill. It's not enough to hear it. You have to take what's heard and apply it. That's how you have experience and gain skill with the power of God. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. So in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 4 and 5, Again, Paul said, my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration. Couldn't we say he had some skill to be able to demonstrate? But in demonstration of the spirit and a power that your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Now go with me, if you would, to the book of Acts chapter 6. Acts chapter 6. We were ministering last night and we were talking about that the power of God is already present. Amen. And I want to again quote what Jesus told Dad Hagen on one occasion. He said, when I was on the earth, I was the power of God. If people needed power, they had to get to where I was. He said, that's why the multitudes thronged me. And he said, but now that the Holy Ghost is present, he is everywhere in the earth. Therefore, power is present everywhere in the earth. 
So to tell you this, power's in your home right now. Holy Ghost power is in your home. Why? Because the glory of the Lord fills the earth. How many of you know the anointing is the glory? Amen. The anointing is the glory. And wherever the Holy Ghost is, the anointing is. Amen. He, and Jesus said, you shall be anointed with the Holy Ghost and with power. Right? And so wherever the Holy Ghost is, power is present everywhere. That's why you can get saved at the grocery store. You can get saved down at the mall. You can get saved uh, just in someone's home. You don't have to be in a church building. Why? Because power is present everywhere. Just because power is present, though, doesn't mean it's coming to manifestation. I remember when I was preaching in our congregation years ago on the power of God. I was telling them that the power of God is present. Become skillful with the power that's around you and in you 24 hours a day. You don't have to wait till Sunday to have the pastor pray for you. You don't have to wait till Sunday to bring someone to church. Yes, it's right to bring them, but they can have their need met on Thursday. (laughs) They don't have to wait till Sunday. If you will become skillful with the power that's already present, you don't have to draw on the pastor skill. You can develop your own skill. Amen. And so I was teaching them, become skillful with the power that's already present in you and around you. Because the Holy Ghost is in you, you've got power. Because the Holy Ghost is here on the earth, there's power in your kitchen, in your car, at your place of business, in your family room. There's power right there. The only thing is, is that it's not in manifestation. Just like your house can be wired with power, but it won't be a manifestation till you, till you flip a, a light switch on. Isn't that right? Amen. When you flip a switch, then it comes into manifestation and then you're blessed by that power. Well, even so, it's not enough that we're wired with power. We have to know how to flip the switch. We have to know how to cause that power to come into manifestation. And it's faith that brings it into manifestation. God said to me, though, as I was preaching to our congregation, because I was telling them the power is present. I've been preaching on it for weeks. And then this one Sunday, I got up and I made the statement, let the power fall. These words kept coming out of my spirit. Let the power fall. Let the power fall. And I'm having a conversation with God in my heart because I'm going, wait a minute. I've been telling them it's present, but out of my spirit, I'm hearing these words, let the power fall, giving the implication that it hadn't even come yet, but it's, it's, we're we're wanting it to fall. And so I said to God, have I been preaching this wrong? And he said to me, and just this, you know, when God speaks to you, it just drops in you. And he said to me, it's just like a child at a birthday party. If they have a pinata for that child. And he said, inside that pinata is candy and goodies and treats. And although the pinata is in the room, nobody's partaking of it until it falls open. And he said, it's present. That pinata is in the room. The treats are in the room, but they're not accessible until that pinata is opened up. He said the same thing with the power of God. It's present, but it's not accessible until someone strikes it and it begins to flow. And then he said this and reminding me of this, he said about a pinata, he said, a child will take a stick and hit that 
And it's not only the child that hits it that opens it up that gets to collect the stuff that's in it. When, when somebody strikes that power, everybody in the room, everybody in the room, everybody in the room can start gathering it up. Amen. Hallelujah. You don't have to be the one who knows. Now see, why does God do that? That if we'll come to church and we'll be skillful at yielding and uh, if we could say this, releasing faith in the power of God, the power of God will go into manifestation and people who just even got saved that day can gather up their healing. They can gather up their miracle. They don't have to understand it. They don't have to know how it works, but it's just flowing because somebody opened it up. And just because power is present doesn't mean it's in manifestation. So that's what we have to understand. It's not just about getting power. It's about bringing that power into manifestation. And we have a part in that. It's not just about God causing things to manifest. It's about us releasing faith because when faith is released, that power is going to come into manifestation. Now, notice this. If a piñata is hanging there in a house, in a backyard or something, and a child hits it, that piñata doesn't say, uh, I'm not opening for you. <laughs> that piñata has to open when it's hit. But we'll always dismiss ourselves from, well, it won't work for me. It won't happen for me. No, it is a divine law. When faith strikes the power of God, it will flow every time. When faith strikes the power of God, it will flow every time, whether you feel like it or not. Because it's faith that activates power. And God said to me that day, he said, your words are the stick that strikes the power of God. Just at your words of faith. Are, is the stick because a child has to strike that pinata with something that has enough force to break it open, right? And he said, words of faith are the stick that strikes the power of God that will bring it into manifestation. So many times people are just wanting God, just, just send my miracle, just manifest my miracle. And he's waiting for you to strike that power that's already in your room. Amen. Amen. Can I tell you this? And I don't mean to be unkind when I say it, but it's the truth. And we have to renew our minds to this because the greater one is in us. Everything of the greater one is in us. Healing is in us. Prosperity is in us. The wisdom, the mind of Christ is in us. The he's been made unto us wisdom. It's in us. Then why isn't it flowing? Because people aren't drawing on it. Why doesn't power flow? People aren't drawing on it. They're not bringing it into manifestation. They're not striking it. They're not saying words of faith. The wisdom of God doesn't come because you got smart. The wisdom of God comes because you release faith in that wisdom that's in you to flow. And it'll flow up. Amen. Amen. But I, I say this not to hurt people, but we need, to, we need to think right. Every Christian who died prematurely died with healing in them. Yes. Every Christian who went under financially went under with prosperity in them. Why? Because the greater one's in them. And he's already blessed us with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. 
Amen. We're blessed with all these things. It's not about getting God to give it. It's about us becoming skillful with releasing it and causing it to come into manifestation. And it's faith that brings it into manifestation. Amen. Hallelujah. Now, are you with me in Acts chapter six? Now in verse one, we see this, that there became increase. This is talking about the church. And in the days of the, of the early church, there was increase happening. And in this day of increase and multiplication, there arose a murmuring. Yeah. Notice what the devil does whenever increase is happening. Tries to bring strife and division. Yes. Just know this, strife and division shuts down increase. Yeah. That's why we cannot afford to allow strife and division in our local churches, yeah. in our congregations, because it will shut down increase. Yeah. Numerical increase financial increase, the increase of the gifts of the spirit, the increase of revelation. Amen. The increase of faith, any strife and and, and contention will shut it down. And so this is what happens. This is a strategy. We see how the enemy works. When increase comes, he tries to insert some strife and notice what was happening. It was racial strife. This stuff isn't new. Can I, t- can I tell you something? Fox News, CNN, and all these other news stations, they provoke racial strife. Amen. They provoke it. Why? So that they, get, so that they can get ratings. Don't you fall into that mess. That's beneath you. You've been raised and seated with Christ. We're above all that mess. We are brothers and sisters in Christ. It doesn't matter what color you are. It doesn't matter your background. And if we will, if we will quit talking about our difference and talk about that we are one body. We are one body. I don't permit that stuff in our church. I don't permit it. Nobody's going to promote any kind of racial, racial bend in our church. Why? Because we are one body in Christ. For us to get divisive over color would be the same as us getting divisive over the color of the house we live in. Well, you don't live in a house that's colored like mine. You mean you got a blue house? Oh no, I can't fellowship with you. Wouldn't that be crazy? On a block, you'll have a yellow house, a white house, a a blue house, a gray house, a brown house. And we never say, oh, because of color of your house, I don't fellowship with you. That's how small it is for racial division. It's just the color of your house. And isn't it it more interesting to see all the varied colors? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Amen. That's a plus. That's a positive. That's not a negative. We love that. We don't allow the devil to use colors to divide us. If the color of the house doesn't divide us, why would the color of flesh divide us? You want to know why? People don't think right. And in the early days of the church, there was this wrong thinking and it started, it started having an effect on the kind of increase God could work in the early days of the church. It was racial division. The devil loves the racial card. Don't you ever hold a racial card. Don't you ever. That's the devil's card, not yours. Amen. Listen, 
you, you say, well, yeah, maybe you haven't run into racial stuff. Can I tell you, go ahead and marry somebody 20 years older and see what people say. Be a woman pastor and see what people say. There's always something that's different about your life than somebody else's that people can find a pick on. Even if it's not color, it's always something else. You know how I pastored as a woman? I ignored it. I didn't bring attention to that I was a woman. I don't care. I don't care. If I don't care, no one else will. And if not, if you won't make a big deal about what color you are or are not, no one else will either. But that you have to understand society out in the public and in the media, they feed that, they fuel that because they need ratings. They need division to have a show. They don't have a broadcast without strife. They don't have a broadcast without strife. It's all based on strife. Don't sit and feed that stuff into your family and into your children and all that mess and try to divide this stuff at home. Well, it'll shut down the flow of the power of God. Amen. Hallelujah. I really think that in our congregation, excuse me, on the staff, I think white people are the minority in our staff. It doesn't matter to me. It doesn't matter to me. Amen. I just want God's choice in that place. Whoever God appoints, that's what I'm interested in. Amen. Hallelujah. And so anyway, this is what they ran into. And this is what we see in, in Acts chapter 6. That there was this racial card that's tried to come up and start dividing. Well, our widows of our race aren't getting what your widows of the race are, of your race are getting. And, and the, the, the disciples had the wisdom of God of how to shut that mess down. Shut it down. Why? Because the power of God will not come into manifestation in a setting of division. Can I say this? In your home, get rid of strife. Get rid of division. Because you cannot receive your miracle when there's strife in your home. You cannot receive healing where there's strife. You cannot receive finances where there's strife. If you're going to have fussing and fighting going on in your marriage, you will keep yourself broke. No amount of sowing will undo what strife will work. Well, praise the Lord. I think you liked last night better talking about the Holy Ghost coming to the earth, right? But if we're going to be skillful with power, we have to know what short, what short circuits the power of God, what shuts down the power of God. Amen. You can't, you can't have fussing at home and then go out and expect God to bless you when you lay hands on somebody. Can't do it. Can't do it. Amen. Hallelujah. And so the disciples had the wisdom of God of what to do to shut this down. And we see this in, in the third verse of Acts chapter 6. Wherefore, brethren, look you out among you seven men of honest report. Number one, honest report. That means that they don't have a bad reputation. That means in their business. That means in their personal affairs, they don't have a bad report in the community and among the other believers. They're not, they're not known as somebody that's kind of working a shady deal in their business. or they, They're not handling their finances cleanly. Said they have to have an honest report. The second qualification is that they be full of the Holy Ghost. The third qualification, they be full of wisdom. Amen. 
Now notice this, he said, you look out among you seven men that have these three qualifications and then we'll appoint them over the business. What business? Feeding the, feeding the widows. The business of doling out the food. Why? So that these, the, the men who have these qualifications will shut down the division and the strife. Notice when you're full of the Holy Ghost, you're not in strife. Notice when you're full of wisdom, you're not in strife. Amen. Notice when you're honest, you're not full of strife. So it says in verse four, but we will give ourselves continually to prayer and to the ministry of the word. Meaning this, we have a function to fulfill and we can't fulfill the business function and the spiritual function at the same time. So we're having you to share in so that we can do our part. You can do your part. Now notice this. I like how they said, look you out among you, seven men of honest report, full of the Holy Ghost and wisdom. Notice he was telling them, you pick them out from among yourselves. The, the disciples, the apostles weren't the one picking them out. They told the congregation, you pick out. Why? Because can I tell you this? The apostles were not getting a true read on the people. As a pastor, I never got a true read on people in the congregation because everyone's on their best behavior around me. Everybody. And rightly so. That's appropriate. They didn't come to me fussing and fighting and, and, you know, tail bearing and striping because everyone is on their best behavior around leadership, which your mama should have taught you that, right? But these men weren't looking for somebody who's just on their good behavior around leadership. They're, this is their manner of life. This is how they are every day around everyone. They're not just performing for leaders. This is how they live. And the congregation is going to know how you live because they're the ones that talk to you in the parking lot. And they're the ones that, listen, it matters how you conduct yourself around the brethren. It matters. It matters that you walk in love and that others know that you're a person of love. It matters that you're kind. It matters that you're upright in your business because other people know. Amen. And so we see this in verse five and the saying pleased the whole multitude and they chose Stephen, a man, look at this, full of faith and full of the Holy Ghost. Now notice they didn't even give being full of faith as one of the three requirements. It just said they had to be honest report, full of the Holy Ghost, full of wisdom. Faith wasn't mentioned until they get to Stephen and they say they chose Stephen, a man full of faith and full of the Holy Ghost. In verse eight, Acts chapter six, verse eight, and it says Stephen full of faith and power. So now in verse five, they said he was full of faith and full of the Holy Ghost. In verse eight, they say he's full of faith and full of power. Why does it say that? Because to be full of the Holy Ghost is to be full of power. They're one and the same. They're interchangeable terms. If you're full of the Holy Ghost, you are full of power. You say, how do I know if I'm full of the Holy Ghost? They were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak in other tongues. If you can take off speaking right now in other tongues, the Bible calls you full of the Holy Ghost. Let's just do that. Now, since you can do that, you know what? That's a sign of you're full of power. Now go do something with that power. Go do something with that power.
they're full of feeling. They're full of feeling the Holy Ghost. They're full of feeling power. Didn't say anything about them feeling like they were full of it. They were full of it. Amen. So again, verse eight, it says, Stephen, full of faith and power, did great wonders and miracles among the people. Isn't that something? He did great. He was, he was just getting picked out to hand out food. And before long, we see miracles being worked. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now look again at verse three. Wherefore, brethren, look you out among you seven men. Number one, honest report, full of the Holy Ghost and wisdom. So there's seven men that are honest. They have honest dealings and honest reputation among the body and in the community. Then they have, these men are full of the Holy Ghost and they are full of wisdom. But we never hear report that the other six did any miracles. Only Stephen did miracles. Can I tell you this? The others were full of the Holy Ghost. You know what that means? They were full of power. But they weren't doing miracles. Why weren't they doing miracles? Because it doesn't say that they were full of faith. It does not say they were full of faith. They were full of power. That's why Christians who are full of power aren't producing. They're not full of faith yet. Faith has to be added to the power for the power to come in a manifestation and benefit. Amen. Meaning this, power alone is not enough. Power is God's side. Isn't that right? You're full of God's side. But faith is man's side. To receive a miracle, you need God's side and man's side. And too many times, religion sits back and waits for God's side. And say, why don't, we're just waiting for God to do it. Waiting for God to heal. Waiting for God to supply. And they sit back and waiting for God. And they put everything and all the responsibility on God. But to have a miracle, there's a God's side and a man's side. And that God's side is power. Your side is not power. You're wired with power, but that's not because of you. That's because of him. The greater one in you. But our side is that we have to bring faith. Now, there's, there's a product on the market. I don't know if it's still on the market. I saw it advertised years ago. And it's a real handy product for people who are not graceful in the kitchen. And it was a jug, you know, like a water jug. It was a jug and it had dry ingredients in it. That's all it had was dry ingredients and it was to make pancakes. All you had to do was take that jug with dry ingredients and just stick it under the faucet. Just fill it up with water, shake it up, pour it out. You got you pancakes. Are they any good? I don't know. I'm not endorsing the product. I'm just saying that there was such a product on the market. Could we say you can't get much easier than that? 
<laughs> Can I tell you this? If you decide, you know something? I need some vegetables. Let's put some V8 in with that. You start mixing V8 in with that, shake it up, pour it out. You're not going to have something edible. Why? Because you can't just mix any old thing with it. You got to mix what they tell you to mix with it. You can't say, well, you know what? I am a sugar addict, so let's put some 7-Up in that. Well, no, you don't want to do that either. Because you have to mix the right thing for the recipe to work. There is a recipe to power. And the thing, the ingredient that has to be added is faith. You can't add worry to power and get a miracle. You can't add strife to power and get a miracle. You can't add unforgiveness to power and get a miracle. You can't add offense to power and get a miracle. There's only one thing you can add to power and get a miracle and it's called faith. That's it. That's why you want to get rid of offense because (laughs) have you ever gone to a um, restaurant and they allow you to get your own drink? They have the the drinks there. Well, I go there and I always get water. You know, I just push, there's a button there, buy one of the other drinks. And if you're not careful and you put that cup too far, it can push the lever for the other drink to come out while you're putting water and it leaches into your water and you got like watered down Dr. Pepper. You know, you got about, you know, an eighth of a cup of Dr. Pepper and you got, you know, a big cup of water and you, and it's nasty now because something leached into the purity. That's why you got to get rid of offense. You got to get rid of unforgiveness because it will leach into your faith. When you try go to try to apply faith, it will leach into it. Even if you didn't intend to because it was in your heart. And you go to speak out of your heart and you go to speak and release faith words and up can come thoughts and, and feelings of unforgiveness and thoughts of unforgiveness and speaking words of unforgiveness at the dinner table. And I can't believe she did that to me and I can't believe what they did and all of that will come up. But bless God, Father, I pray over the food. We say that all the money will come. <laughs> It'll come. And then you, you're done praying over your food. And all of a sudden you say, can you believe we got to go see Aunt Mabel? You remember what she did three years ago? Ah, you just can't do it. Those, those things are leeching into each other. And it will short circuit power. Because power only flows when faith is added to it. Amen. Praise the Lord. Now... Can I tell you this? As you're growing up as a young believer, God will allow you to come and partake of your pastor's faith, add his faith to your need. But as you get older and grow up spiritually, God won't let you borrow someone else's faith after a time. He's going to put a demand on you for your faith. And if you haven't been feeding your faith and developing your faith, when it comes time to add your faith to his power, there would be a shortage. Dad Hagen talked about his sister years ago who was diagnosed with terminal cancer. When he was in our church, Dad Hagen was in our church in 2003 and 
he was preaching about this with his sister. He said, I prayed for her and God healed her of terminal cancer. And he said, five years later, said she was again diagnosed with cancer. He said it wasn't even related. It was a totally different kind of cancer. He said, this time I went to pray for her and he said, I couldn't get any results. And God said, no. He said, she's going to die. And God said, and Dad Hagen said, God, why, why is she going to die? And he said, well, she's had five years to feed her faith. She has experienced my healing power, my miracle power, whenever you believed for her for her first healing. She experienced, she got acquainted with me and my power, but she didn't do anything with her faith in those five years. He said, she could have had your books for free. She could have had all your CD messages or your tape messages for free. And she didn't care to even get them because what's she doing? She's resting back, not developing her faith because she's used to using somebody else's. But there comes a day, there comes a day when God will allow you to have your faith joined to someone else. But there comes a day when he's going to just require it of you. Amen. Amen. And so he's going to want you to bring your faith. Why? Because your faith will work. He wants you to have experience with him and his power. Amen. I asked dad Hagen the question. I said, now dad, when we got in the back room, I said, you were talking about your sister. And I said, can you tell me how did you pray when you were praying for her healing? How did you pray? And he said this, he said, I, uh, I said, did you pray in the spirit? Did you pray in tongues? Did you lay hands on her? Did you make confessions? Uh, how did you pray? Because I want to know whenever you're able to use your faith for someone else. I said, what, how did you pray? He said, I did it all. I just threw everything at it. Why did you do that? Well, something will stick. Praying in the spirit, lay hands on them, make confessions, worship God, just do it all. If he doesn't tell you specifically what to do, just do it all. Add everything you got. Because, because faith can be released through worship. Faith can be released as you lay hands on somebody. Faith can be released when you pray. Faith can be released when you make confession. Right? Yes. So what you just got to do is get that faith attached and mixed in with that power. Now, what does it say over in Hebrews chapter, I believe chapter four, verse two, it said the word preached. Now talking about the Hebrews delivered out of, out of Egypt, the word preached did not profit them. Why? Not being mixed with faith in them. Yeah that heard it. It's not just enough that faith, that faith is mixed with your pastor's power. Your, it has to be mixed in you. Now look at this. It said the word preached did not profit them. Why? Because it wasn't mixed with faith. Faith activates power. Power lies dormant until faith shows up. Amen. The power that's in you is dormant until faith shows up. The power that's around you is dormant until faith shows up. But it said this, the word preached did not profit them. Isn't that a sad statement? The word that, it, that is the power of God. 
There's power. God's power is in his word. There's right. enough power in his right. word to fulfill that word. Amen. But it didn't profit them. You go, wow, that's sad. Well, that's still happening today. People come to church. They hear the sermon and they're not profiting. They hear it. They're not profiting. Why? Because they walk out. They don't mix their faith with what they heard in church. It's not enough to hear a sermon. It's not even enough to appreciate a sermon. It's not even enough to admire a sermon. Can I tell you this? It's not even enough to take notes on the sermon. Some people are good at journaling. But journaling is not the release of faith. If we're not careful, we'll think just because we got good notes on the sermon that it's going to work. No, no. There's one thing that has to be mixed in with what you hear. It's called faith. Now, how do you mix your faith in? It's exactly what God said to me that day about that pinata. Words of faith strike the power of God. Words of faith. Words of faith. And then not only that, you can have actions of faith. But can I tell you this? If you're going to take actions of faith, they need to be spirit-led actions. Don't just act trying to force God into manifesting something for you. So many times people who were maybe bound by addictions, they would throw out their cigarettes. They would throw out a certain drug. They would throw out the alcohol. But they're doing that trying to force God to do something for them. What you, what you need to do is just let the Spirit guide you. Let the Spirit guide you. There's a lot of people who have died prematurely because they threw out their medicine. They, they, because they heard somebody else say, throw out your medicine, or they threw out their medicine and they, they were healed. The reason they were healed is because they were being led by the Spirit to do that. Amen. God will lead you. Follow the Holy Ghost on how to act. Don't decide how you're going to act. Follow the Holy Ghost. He will lead you on how to act. Dad Hagen told often, as well as another preacher, this preacher that it happened to, uh, told often about how years ago, this years ago, in the early days that Rama Bible Training Center started, they had this faith minister to come and he was teaching the students and he said that uh, he had an old car, you know, that wasn't in good shape. And he was, uh, one day the Spirit of God told him to sew that car, just give it to somebody. So he did. And within a few days, somebody gave him a brand new car. Well, he's telling that to the students and most of those students had old beat up cars. (laughs) So they see an opportunity to get them a new car. So, so many of them started giving away their cars. And uh, finally, Brother Hagen had to get up and say, quit giving away your cars. They needed them to get to class, you know. He said, quit giving away your cars. Why? Because they heard somebody, I gave, they gave away their car and got a new one. So if I give away my car, I'll get a new one. But they, they didn't hear the part the Spirit of God told me. So when I say act, don't you decide how to act. You need counsel from the Holy Ghost to counsel you on what your acts of faith that are to be mixed with power should be. Don't throw away your medicine unless the Holy Ghost tells you to. 
Amen. Don't give away your car unless the Holy Ghost tells you to. Because Brother Hagin said for the next year and a half, those students were walking. Or, or, what, or, or worse off than that, they become an imposition to someone else who now has to haul them around. Now, it wasn't the preacher's fault. They just heard the part they liked. And they decided if I act this way, I get what they got. But I just want you to know something that God said to me just a few days before I got here. He said, let teach the people, make them to know that miracles come as a result of following the Holy Ghost. Be spirit led. They come when we follow the Holy Ghost. Amen. We don't just figure out something that is deep spiritually and just do it. We follow the Holy Ghost. We're to be spirit led. The sons of God are led by the spirit of God. Amen. The sons of God are not leading the spirit of God. And so many are trying to lead him when it's your job to allow him to lead you. He knows where you're headed. You don't know where you're headed. You just think you know. But he really knows what the future holds for you. And he will lead you. Amen. What to say. What to say. Let me, let, me, let me tell you this. This was interesting. There's this one minister friend of mine, and he was telling about how he had gone to a large minister's conference. And they, uh, I'm talking about some of the biggest ministries in the world were there. And this one minister had had a revival. But at the end of it, he fell away from the Lord and basically it just all fell apart. And it became not a testimony for good, but a testimony of something else. And God said to this one friend of mine who was there, because he said to God, how did that happen? And God said to him, He said, that man prayed for years for a revival. I didn't tell him to pray for that. I didn't lead him to pray for that. He decided that. So a revival came because he released faith in it, but his foundation wasn't fortified to support a a revival. And he said he decided he wanted a revival. He said if he had waited on me, I'd have told him when he was ready for a revival. You see, that's talking about a ministry, but same thing for your life. Too many times we think we're ready to own our own business. We're ready to buy that next house. We're ready to buy that car. We'll just follow him. He'll lead you. Amen. Look to the Holy Ghost because you have to add faith to power, not presumption to power, not zeal to power. So many people just are zealous. They want their own ministry. Listen, you know, the last thing I want, my own ministry. Why? Because zeal is no substitute for the leading of the Holy Ghost. You can get excited about something. That doesn't mean God's telling you to do it. You can sit and fantasize about what it's going to look like when you have your own business and have your own ministry and how great it's going to be. But if the Holy Ghost isn't leading, it to, leading you to do it, you try to step out on that and there's nothing to support you and you'll fail. Amen. The Holy Ghost will lead you to do something because there's the word under you to support you. That's good. Amen. That's good. And if you do something on your own, there's not going to be the support of the foundation under you. That's 
Amen. Listen, we want miracles, but we have to be ready to cooperate with the Holy Ghost to receive miracles and to be a vessel that God can use. Why? Because you can't mix ill will with, with power. You can't mix, I want to have miracles with power. You can't mix offense. God will start dealing with us about things we need to cut away from our life if we're going to have miracles. Why? Because he doesn't want wrong things leaching into the flow of power in our lives. Hallelujah. Are you helped tonight? How to receive a miracle, but also how to minister a miracle. Miracles and faith are to go in two directions, in the receiving and in the ministering. Practice receiving on your own life before you go out there and try to, try to be a vessel. Amen. Amen. Can I say this? Believe God for healing on your own body, not on your children. Don't practice on your children. I said don't practice on your children. Practice on your own body. Hallelujah. Well, even so, don't practice on the lives of others. Practice on your own life. Hallelujah. You have power. I said you have power. You're wired with power. The day you got born again, you got wired with power. But now we need to just keep filling up with, the, with faith. You've got faith on you. You've got faith in you. You've got the faith of God, but that faith needs to grow, doesn't it? We need for the rest of our life to be feeding our faith. Can I tell you this? <clears throat> the children have this idea that if you give them money out of your wallet, all of a sudden more money will appear in the place of that. But don't you know that once you take money out, something has to happen before money can go back in. Faith is the same. Once we spend faith, faith doesn't just magically appear in its place. Faith has to be refilled and refilled and refilled every day, every day, filling up. Amen. On the word, speaking the word, feeding on the word. Why? Because faith does not automatically appear. It comes as we feed ourselves. Amen. Hallelujah. Stand with me to your feet tonight. Father, we thank you for the opportunity to hear these things. It's a joy to hear the word. It's a joy to receive of the word. It's a joy to learn our part. Father, you're always faithful to do your part. Always faithful to do your part. Father, thank you for helping us learn our part. We purpose to have experience in the doing of our part. We purpose to be faithful in the doing of our part. And Father, as we leave this place, we purpose that we will be doers of what we hear. We'll be doers of what we hear. We'll be doers of what we hear. We'll be doers of what we hear. Hallelujah. We will add our faith. We will add, we're not going to add the wrong thing. We won't add worry. We won't add fear. We get rid of those things. We forbid those things in our lives. But we want to be full of faith. Full of faith. And we add that to the power of God. We thank you tonight, Father. We give you glory and honor. We give you glory and honor. We thank you, Father. We thank you, Father. We thank you, Father. We thank you, Father. Throughout the week, we've ministered at different times to people who needed healing. 
Many of you have already said you've received healing. But if you're here tonight and you want hands laid on you for healing, you've not yet been ministered to for that, and you want to receive healing, we told you that on the last night we'd do that, and so we will do that. So if you're here and you want hands laid on you for healing, raise your hand if you would. I want to see how many that would involve for us tonight. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Those on this side of the auditorium, if you would come forward, just come up the, you can, well, either aisle, you can come up, but just come and line up up front if you would, this on, just on this side, those on this side, come forward if you would. Congregation, just extend your faith this direction, amen? Come on up and we'll minister to you, hallelujah, 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 praise the Lord. Just step up to the step if you would. Just step all the way up to the front so I can reach you easily. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Congregation, you believing with us? Yes. Why? There's power present. Amen. But what has to happen? Faith has to be mixed with it. Those of you that are up here, you have to mix your faith with this power. It won't just work because it's present. It works because we mix faith with it. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Be healed in Jesus' name. There goes that power in you. Be Receive. Be healed in Jesus' name. Be healed in Jesus' name. Be healed in Jesus' name. Father, we thank you that as this cloth is laid upon the body of that sick one, it'll drive out pain and symptoms, sickness and disease, and they shall be whole in Jesus' name. And if there's a presence of an evil spirit, it'll drive it out. We thank you, Father, for healing in Jesus' name. We thank you, Father, for healing in Jesus' name. What's the, what's the matter with this baby? Uh-huh. 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 Yeah. Father, we thank you for that miracle. Uh, we, we thank you, Father. We thank you for that power. We thank you, Father, for the power of God that restores and makes whole. We curse that disease. You leave in Jesus' name. Be whole from the top of your head to the soles of your feet. Be restored to wholeness, to soundness. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Are you the mother, the grand, grandmother? Every day, whoever has this baby, I don't know if you have charge or the parent has charge, every day, thank you, Father, for wholeness. Thank you, thank you that she's whole. Thank you that that powers work. All, every day, every time you think of it, just worship God for the power of God working in her. Amen? Hallelujah. We have to keep faith applied to power. It's not enough to apply the faith once. Keep the faith applied to the power. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Side of the auditorium. If you want hands laid on you for healing, come and line up here up front. Just put your feet up next to the step if you would. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. We thank you, Father. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 
Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Just go ahead and bring the others back down here. Bring them down here. We've got room for them on this end. Just lead them this way if you would. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Just go ahead and step up here to the step if you would. Come on up. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. What's the matter with you, love? What, what's the matter? Yeah, what what does she need healing for? She has a tumor. What kind of, where is the tumor located? A brain tumor? Uh-huh. So they removed it? They removed it. The doctors believe they got it all? No, that it's coming back. Oh, they believe it's regrowing. There's fluid that fills up in the brain. So she has something to drain the fluid, keep the fluid drained out of the brain. Yeah. Yeah. Father, we thank you. Jesus, <laughs> you're such a wonderful miracle worker. All things are so easy for you. All things are so easy. We call this so easy for you. It's so easy. Now I speak to that, uh, that tumor. Dry up in Jesus' name. Leave her body. Take your hands off of her, Satan. In Jesus' name, you take your hands off of her body. In Jesus' name, behold, from the top of your head to the soles of your feet, be restored to soundness, to wholeness. In Jesus' name, we thank you for it, Father. 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 Be healed in Jesus' name. Be healed in Jesus' name. Healed in Jesus' name. We thank you for it, Father. We thank you for it. We thank you for it. Healed in Jesus' name. Healed in Jesus' name. We thank you for it, Father. Healed in Jesus' name. Father, we thank you for the anointing that goes into these claws. And when they're laid upon the bodies, the sick one, it'll drive out pain, symptoms, sickness, and disease. And if there's a presence of an evil spirit, it'll drive it out in Jesus' name. For the yoke shall be destroyed because of the anointing. Be whole in Jesus' name. 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 We thank you for it, Father. Be whole. In Jesus' name. Be whole in Jesus' name. We thank you for it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Congregation, let's just worship the Lord with them. 
Hallelujah. Those of you who have had hands laid on you, it is not your job to get better. It is not your job to get rid of pain. It is your job to believe that the power of God is working in you and has made you whole. It's working. It's working. It's working. And so all that's left is for you to say, thank you, Father, that it's working. Thank you, Father, that it's working. It doesn't matter how short a time or how long a time. That's not our business. Our job is to believe we receive it. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Jesus, we worship you as our healer. You are our healer and we worship you, our healer. We worship you. We worship you for it. We worship you. We worship you. We worship you, Jesus. Hallelujah. We worship you. We glorify you. Hallelujah. Those of you who had hands laid on you, you say it along with the rest of the congregation. The power of God is working in me. The anointing equals healing. The, the anointing equals miracles. And that anointing has destroyed every yoke. Therefore, I'm whole. I thank you that 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 I'm whole. Don't say I thank you that I'm going to be whole. Thank you that I'm whole. It says let the poor say I'm rich. Let the weak say I'm strong. Let those who need healing say I am whole. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Why? Because the anointing went in you. The anointing went in you. You say, well, I don't feel anything. No, it's power that's unfelt also. Sometimes that power can be felt. Sometimes it's unfelt. But that power is present. It's working in you. Amen. So keep that switch turned on. Remember, we've got to join our faith to the power of God. We're not just joining it tonight. Amen. Every day, join your faith to the power of God. Every day, join your faith to the power of God. Hallelujah. Say this, I believe in the power of God. I believe in the power of God. It's working. It's working. It's working. It's working. Hallelujah. You can say that over your finances. You can say it over your business. You can say it over your family. Every day, release your faith in the power of God. Every day. Every day. Every day. I How do you do that? I believe in the power of God. It's working right now. It's working right now in my business, in my finances, in my body, in my mind, in my family, in my children. It's working in my home. Amen. Every day. Every day. Every day. You say, well, I don't need anything. Yeah, this is how you keep from needing something. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We're not praying for power. It's already present. It's already here. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The power is just waiting for faith to be mixed with it. That's us. That's our part. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 
Everybody just be in your aisle, just get in your row rather. Line up into your, just right in front of your seat, right where you would be sitting if you would. Hallelujah, just line up at your seat, wherever you would be sitting. Hallelujah. Now I want you to do this, just grab the hand of the person next to you, but leave the aisle open. Don't, don't go across the middle aisle. Just leave the aisle open. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Pastor Ruby, I want you to go. You stick out your hand. Those on the end of the aisle, stick out your hand and she'll grab it and the power will flow. Don't just stand there like a stump in a post and hinder it. Don't be the clog in the drain. Yield to it. Respond to it. Hallelujah. 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 Let it refresh you. Let it do a work in you. Receive it. Come on. Receive that power. Receive it. Receive it. Hallelujah. 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 Respond to that power. Respond, receive it with your spirit. You can't receive it with your head. You can't receive it with your head. You can't receive it with your head. Hallelujah, hallelujah. 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 <laughs>
this with me. It's time, it's time for miracles. miracles. It's, time it's time for my miracles. My it's, time it's, for my miracles. it's time for my miracles. It's time. It's time for you to change the way you think. It's time for you to change the way you've been praying. It's time for you to change the way you've been waiting for God to do something. It's time for you to take the knowledge of the word, the revelation of the word, be the doer of the word that you've heard and change things in your life. If you don't like it, change it. If you don't like it, change it. If you put up with it, you'll have it. If you refuse to put up with it, it'll change. So take your faith, apply it to the power of God. Apply your faith to the word of God. Apply your faith to that situation in your life and see it change and quit waiting for God to do what he's authorized to be done at the hand of your faith. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah. I remember, I hope you've heard the testimony of Norval Hayes, how his daughter had 47 growths on her hands. And he was praying for several years, oh God, heal my daughter, oh God, heal my daughter, oh God, and got no results. Why? Because begging for God to do something is not going to get a result. You have to find out what he's already provided and you lay hold of it. So one day he's walking through the den in his house and when he makes one step, all of a sudden he steps into heaven. And Jesus is standing there. And Jesus said to him, how long are you going to put up with those growths on your daughter's hands? And Brother, Brother Norville said, I don't understand what you mean. He said, how long are you going to put up with those growths on your daughter's hands. He said, Jesus, I don't understand what you're saying. He said, how long are you going to put up with those growths on your daughter's hands? And he taught him, they're there because you're not using your authority. You're waiting for God to do something he's already authorized you to handle. So I have a sermon called, how long are you gonna put up with? Dot, 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 what is it? that you've been putting up with? How long are you gonna put up with it? Amen. How long will it stay as long as you put up with it? But we say no more putting up with it. Why? Because we've learned to add our faith to the power of God. And that power will deal with that situation. We're not putting up with what we've been living in for five years, 10 years. We're not putting up with never having enough money. Not putting up with those same symptoms, those same conditions. Not putting up with those same things. Why? Because power is available to destroy those things in our lives. Amen. And we're not going to just fall back on religion and say, wait, we're waiting for God to do it. Waiting for God. I'm, God's waiting for us to apply our faith to his word and to his power. How many of you know his word is the power of God? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It's time. 
And if I could impress upon you, every day apply your faith to His power. Every day apply your faith to His power. Join your faith to His power. Why? Because when you do, you'll profit. You'll profit. The word preach did not profit those who didn't mix it. But if you do mix it, you will have profit. Amen. Hallelujah. How many of you know healing is profiting? How many of you know deliverance is profiting? Increase and prosperity is profiting. Hallelujah. I receive my miracles. It's time for them. I take 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 it. I take it. I take it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I take it. 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 Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, can I say something? People say, well, you don't have to jump and dance and all that weirdness. Can I say this? If you're not going to release your faith, don't jump and dance. Because just jumping and dancing doesn't mean anything if you don't attach faith to it. But it is one way we release our faith. We can say it's an act of faith, just rejoicing. It's a rejoicing. Rejoicing is an act of faith. faith while you're dancing. You focus on your spirit. You focus on your spirit. You don't focus on watching somebody else. You focus on your spirit releasing the flow of life that's in your spirit. Amen. Releasing the flow of faith that's in your spirit. Hallelujah. 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 It's time for my miracles. Time for my miracles. It's time for my miracles. It's time for my miracles. It's time, it's time, it's time, it's time, it's time, it's time, it's time. It's time for my miracles. Hallelujah. 
people will say, you know, all that stuff's not necessary. But you know, can I say this? Worry's not necessary. Being fearful, that's not necessary. But rejoicing as an act of faith, that's necessary. Hallelujah. Brother, Brother Copeland stood in our church and pointed at me and said, dancing in the Holy Ghost, rejoicing. He said, now that's how you're going to get your buildings. That's how you're going to get stuff. Amen. What do you need? Dance it in. Rejoice it in. Hallelujah. Woo! that you paid. This is all about what you've done for us. This is all about what you've provided for us. This is what this is all about what you made ours. We're so grateful that you made us one with our Father. Thank you for the price that you've paid. We honor that price and we give you all worship. We give you all glory. We give you all honor. You are worthy. You are worthy, you are worthy, you are worthy, you are worthy. You are worthy and we worship you. We worship you, we worship you. We worship you. Say, say. 
says his presence shall be my dwelling place. Amen. Hallelujah. We're so grateful that he is our present. He is our future. Amen. Hallelujah. Jesus, we love you. Father, we love you. Holy Spirit, we love you. We honor you. We so appreciate, so, so appreciate what you're working in us. For it is God who is working in us both to will and to do of His good pleasure. And we give you thanks for that. Hallelujah. 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 Can I tell you this? Our lives are full with a lot of things. Our lives are full with important things and some not so important but nothing equals what's happened in these meetings coming together and spending time in the word and under the tutor tutorship of the holy spirit amen nothing equals nothing in your life nothing in your day equals these these things in the spirit of god and in the presence of god nothing nothing comes near this Amen. No new business, no new house. As wonderful as they are and as we appreciate that, nothing comes near the value of this. Amen. We need to always remember that so that we don't put anything else in front of times like these. Amen. Hallelujah. Nothing comes close to as important as what's been done in this week of meetings. That's why we learn to set everything aside so that we can receive at times like this. Amen. Uh, you know how many time, how many people would love to know what we've been hearing and participate and flow in this. And we're here. We're here. We're here. And we appreciate that, don't we? That God's led us to this place so we can be here. Hallelujah. I say thank you again to my staff. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. To the Ureas, thank you so much. Uh, I appreciate them. They, um, I called them one day. I called about 1.30. 
and uh, God had spoken to them the day before, whatever Pastor Nancy wants to do in your building, offer it to her. And they sent me a letter and I, it arrived at my office at 1.15 the next day. While Rochelle was reading the letter, I was calling them and saying, I have it in my heart to do a meeting and we would like to come in your building and do it. And they said, well, we already sent a letter yesterday. <laughs> or they sent it at 1.15. God had spoken to them the day before. So God had us in mind. God had us in mind for this week of meetings. Thank you for being part of that. And the congregation of Army of Love, thank you for that. And others who have come from other locations, thank you for that. We're just so grateful for this time of fellowship together. I don't have to know you personally to know that we've entered a place together in the spirit realm. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. But we could just go on and keep going on, keep going on. Bubby, my, my grandson said, can we stay another week? I don't know if he's trying to ditch school or if he likes the services, but whatever. Maybe we'll get to a time when God instructs us to do that. But for the week we've been here, it's been a complete joy and a complete delight and a refreshing. Amen. Hallelujah. Pastor, is there anything else you would like to say or anything? Are you good? Oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Hallelujah. It's been our pleasure, our privilege. So turn to somebody before you're dismissed and say, it's time for my miracles every day. And you can be dismissed. God bless you. We trust you've enjoyed this message. Visit us at DufresneMinistries.org to learn of our upcoming meetings, share your testimony, become a partner, or visit our online store. This program has been made possible by the friends and partners of Dufresne Ministries.